Surah Fatir from Ayah number 5. A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitanir Rajeem. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Ya ayyuhan nas, O people, O mankind, inna wa'dallahi haq, indeed the promise of Allah is true. Which promise is this? The promise of the hereafter. The coming of the day of judgment. This promise is true. Meaning you were created for a reason. You were sent in this world for a purpose. And what is that purpose? This is a test. And at the end of this is a result. And that result is promised. It's a promise that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will fulfill. There is no cancelling of this promise. And there is no running away from it either. Inna wa'dallahi haq. The hereafter is a reality that you cannot avoid. فَلَا تَغُرَّنَّكُمُ الْحَيَاةُ الدُّنْيَا So while you are living in this world, do not let the life of this world deceive you. Deceive you about what? About the hereafter. That while you're living in this world, do not ever think that the hereafter will not come. That there will be no recompense. If you begin to think like this, then you are deceived. وَلَا يَغُرَّنَّكُمْ بِاللَّهِ الْغَرُورِ And do not let the deceiver deceive you about Allah. Which deceiver? Shaytan. Do not let him deceive you about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As in, let him not deceive you about Allah's forgiveness, mercy, or punishment, so that you persist in wrong while you are giving up hope of His mercy, or that you persist in wrong thinking that He will forgive you regardless of what you do. So do not let shaitan deceive you, and do not let the worldly life deceive you. The word gharra, which has been used over here, تَغُرَّنَّكُمْ لَا تَغُرَّنَّكُمْ لَا يَغُرَّنَّكُمْ and gharur. All of these words are from the verb gharra. Alright? And gharra is to deceive somebody. It is basically to make someone desire what is false. To make someone desire what is vain, meaning what is not real, what is not true. It's not the reality. You're giving them false hopes. Like for example, a person is deceived about, for instance, a certain investment. Alright? He's made to believe that if you give even a little bit of money, you'll get so much profit in return every month, every week. Alright? And he falls for it, and what happens? He gives all of his investment, he gives all of his money, invests it, and then he finds out that the person ran away with the money. So at the end, what does he have? Neither his investment, nor does he have any profit. No gain, nothing at all, only loss. So he was made to believe what was false. You understand? Now many times it happens that even people try to make you believe what is false in order to take advantage of you. Right? So people who are naive or people who don't do their research, usually they get stuck in such traps. Right? And they get deceived by others. So this is why when we come across someone who cannot be trusted because you don't know them, right? They're a stranger or because they don't really have a good reputation. Before you make any deal with them, before you make any transaction with them, what do you do? You do your research. Isn't it? You're careful. You find out if it's really the case or not. Like for example, if somebody calls you, right, you get those automated messages on your phone that your number has been selected by, I just got a phone call the other day from uh, WestJet. Alright? It was a recording. 
I didn't even listen to it. Okay, because the thing is that if you listen to it, you're like, I hope it's true. What if it's true? My number was selected. And if I get all of these free flights, wow, that's so cool. You can fall easily in that trap. It's a lie. And this is the reality of shaitan. This is the reality of this world. That this world is fleeting. It's temporary. But what happens? The life of this world, it deceives us. So we begin to think that this is everything, that this is so important, that this is so urgent. And that is when we begin to prefer the dunya over the akhirah. And shaitan, how is it that he deceives us about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? He makes us think wrong about Allah. He makes us think that which is not true about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is why Allah says, إِنَّ الشَّيْطَانَ لَكُمْ عَدُوٌ Shaytan to you is an enemy. Someone whose enmity is not hidden. He is an enemy to you. So فَاتَّخِذُوهُ عَدُوًا Take him as an enemy. Think of him as an enemy. Meaning, he shows enmity to you, you also show enmity in return. Because, إِنَّمَا يَدْعُوا حِزْبَهُ لِيَكُونُوا مِنْ أَصْحَابِ السَّعِيرِ He only calls his party to be among the companions of the blaze. Meaning, those who listen to him, those who befriend him, then, Shaitan will only take them where? To hellfire. So basically Shaitan is sincere to nobody. He's loyal to nobody. Even those who follow him, he will take them to hell. So this ayah, what is it teaching us? That Shaitan is our enemy and we need to accept this reality. You see sometimes, some things are real, but they're difficult to accept. They're difficult to deal with. So we remain in denial of it. We don't want to accept it. Right? But unless and until we accept that reality, we cannot help ourselves. We cannot protect ourselves. Right? Like for example, if a person has a certain health condition, and the doctor has been telling them, you really need to take this seriously, or else such and such will happen. If a person is in denial of it, are they going to take care of their health? No, they're not. So, إِنَّ الشَّيْطَانَ لَكُمْ عَدُوٌ فَاتَّخِذُوهُ عَدُوًّا Never forget this reality. You see, our greatest and most real enemy is who? It is shaitan. Because shaitan never tires of inflicting harm upon us. His mission is what? To continue to plot against us from the moment we were born until the moment we die. The moment a person is born, what happens? A child is born, and what did the Prophet ﷺ tell us? That the shaitan hits, pokes the child. This is the hatred of shaitan for human beings. That he doesn't even have any compassion for an infant, an innocent baby. This is how much he hates Adam and Aulad Adam. That the moment a baby is born, he pokes him, hits him. And he's after every single human being from the moment that person is born until the moment he will die. This is who shaitan is. And he employs various ways of beautifying evil for us so that we may pursue evil, we may pursue wrong and become distant from the right path. So what are the tricks of shaitan? What are the different ways that shaitan uses to misguide us, to attack us, to harm us? to put us in danger. What are those ways we should be aware of them? What are the tricks of shaitan? And there are numerous books written on this topic, numerous articles written on this topic, numerous lectures that you will find. And you know, it's possible that we read something maybe two years ago, 
or we heard a lecture maybe three years ago, five years ago. But this is something that we need to remind ourselves of on a regular basis. Because shaitan was an enemy to us five years ago and he's an enemy to us today also. This very moment also. And he will continue to be our enemy until we leave this world. He's out to harm us. So this is why it's necessary to remind ourselves of the enmity of shaitan, of his tricks, of his ways, so that we can protect ourselves, we can defend ourselves. What are some of the ways in which shaitan tries to harm us? Firstly and most importantly, he invites people to shirk, to kufr. And as we learned earlier, that sometimes shirk, it doesn't come in the most obvious of forms. Like in hadith, we learn about how minor shirk, shirk khafi, hidden shirk, can be so subtle, so hidden, it's like a black ant crawling on a rock in the dark night. Meaning, it's hardly visible. But this is how it creeps in. This is how it comes in. And what is minor shirk? Showing off. Doing something in order to gain the pleasure of other people. Not doing something sincerely for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And shirk sometimes in the most open forms also. So this is what shaitan leads people to. Shirk. He invites them to shirk. Then creating doubts in the matter of religion. We learned about the danger of shak at the end of Surah Sabah. That how the people of Makkah, their example is given, right? Because they were the ones who were primarily being addressed. They saw the truthfulness of the Prophet ﷺ. If they looked at him without bias, they knew that he was truthful. But what is it that kept them away from believing in him? It was shak. They lived in that shak. They died with that shak. And this shak is what is going to destroy them. So shaitan casts doubts in our hearts. And what's the solution to these doubts, by the way? What's the solution? How do you remove those doubts? How do you get rid of them? By gaining knowledge. You see, every era basically has its fitan, has its tests and trials and dangers. All right? And these days, what are the various forms of fitnas that we see, that we come across? If you think about it, what are those trials in the matter of religion that create doubt? Yes? Okay, and? Yes? Okay, like for example, atheism. I mean, it's so common, it's so common that you just have to you know, maybe attend one class or sometimes even read one book or watch one interview when seeds of doubt are sown. Literally. It's so common, it's amazing that if you claim to believe, if you say that you believe, people will laugh at you. I was watching this interview that Mehdi Hassan, the journalist, he was conducting, this famous atheist in Oxford. In that, basically, the, the person whom he was interviewing, he asked him, you don't believe that, do you? He said, yes, I do. He was talking about Mi'raj, the ascension of the Prophet ﷺ. He said, you believe that your Prophet went up in the skies on a winged horse. I mean, the way he asked him, and this is going on TV, and there are so many people, it's an academic atmosphere. And the way that man was put on spot, but mashallah, he said, yes, I do believe in it. Yes, I do believe in it. And this is something very serious. There are people who will refute faith, religion, and this is a big fitna of this time. A big fitna. So what is necessary for us then? That we equip ourselves with knowledge so that these doubts don't take any place in our heart. 
Because these doubts can literally destroy us. They can ruin, they can destroy faith. So atheism, for example, is one fitna. Another fitna, can you think about it? Those which attack religion, issues such as you know homosexuality or other issues which are relevant to today's world, especially in the world that we're living in, the place that we're living in, how do you navigate properly? How do you have the right approach to these issues? Likewise, the political atmosphere overall in the world, I mean, these are all things that could make you question your faith. That could really make you doubt your faith. So it is essential that we have no doubt. Agreed? Is it essential that we have no doubt? Good. So have you heard of no doubt? Have you heard of no doubt? Is it ready? If you haven't heard of no doubt, then please hear of it now. Hey, you're Muslim. Let me ask you something. Why do you wear that thing on your head? You know, I consider myself to be a feminist, and I can't stand to see a woman behind that cage, like some sort of animal. And if God is so merciful, then why is there so much suffering in the world? I guess you could expect as much from a religion that forces women to get circumcised, and whose main prophet actually married a nine-year-old girl. No wonder you guys have so many extremists. You hate Western culture, but you have no problem using our freedoms to your own benefit? What's up with that? So these are some questions that we hear. You see, doubt, it's like, have you ever seen wood being uh, infected by termites? How it just makes it hollow from inside. I went to somebody's house once and they had a termite problem. All right? And it was such a bad termite infestation that literally I opened the door to the bedroom and the whole door frame fell. So imagine the door frame, including the door, the whole thing fell. From its appearance it looked perfectly fine But from inside it was hollow And this is how shak is Shaitan puts shak, shak, shak Constantly And this is what destroys It eats up our faith from inside So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us That فَاتَّخِذُوهُ adua, Take him as an enemy This is one of the tricks of shaitan So how do you fight this shak? With ilm Ilm al-yaqeen With knowledge of certainty so this is one way in which shaitan attacks. How else does he attack? Shaitan also attacks us. His way is that he prevents us from obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Meaning something is obvious that Allah has ordered that we do it. But shaitan stops us from it. Then he provokes people, he incites them to commit sin, to commit indecency. Then also creating fasad in relationships, corrupting relationships. Harming relationships so that people are living in the same house, they belong to the same family, but the hearts are torn apart. So there's no love, no unity, no sukoon, no peace, no harmony in the house. And if a person is not at peace in their house, then how can they have peace in their life? They suffer from loneliness. And when a person is all alone by himself, 
then shaitan can very easily attack him. Another way of shaitan is causing people to forget Allah's remembrance. Another is by making people take salah very lightly, being negligent towards salah, making us angry. These are all ways of shaitan in which he tries to attack us. Allah says, فَاتَّخِذُوهُ عَدُوَّا Take shaitan as an enemy because he's really not your friend. Do something to protect yourself. Do something to protect your faith. Because الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا لَهُمْ عَذَابٌ شَدِيدٌ Those who disbelieve for them is a severe punishment. Who? Those who respond to shaitan's call. It's not that they can run away. It's not that they can somehow escape. No. The promise of Allah is true. So for those who respond to shaitan's call, for them will be a severe punishment. وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ لَهُمْ مَغْفِرَةٌ وَأَجْرٌ كَبِيرٌ Those who believe and do righteous deeds, for them is forgiveness and a great reward. Then an example is given of those who respond to shaitan, those who get affected by shaitan. Those who become the victims of shaitan. أَفَمَنْ أَإِذْ فَدَنْ مَنْ هُ زُيِّنَ لَهُ أَفَمَنْ زُيِّنَ لَهُ Then is one to whom it is made attractive. زُيِّنَ لَهُ زُيِّنَ from زِينَ What does زِينَ mean? Adornment. And adornment, beautification, it is attractive. So زُيِّنَ لَهُ It was made attractive for him. It was made beautiful for him. What was made beautiful for him? سُوءُ عَمَلِهِ Evil deed of his. Meaning his evil deeds are made beautiful to him. So beautiful that فَرَآهُ So he sees it as حَسَنًا as good. In reality, it's a bad deed, but he sees it as something good. He sees bad as good, and vice versa, he will see good as bad. His vision, his understanding is corrupted. Why? Because of the constant waswasa of shaitan. Because of the effect of shaitan. His vision, his understanding is distorted. فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ So indeed Allah يُضِلُّ مَنْ يَشَاءُ He sends astray whomsoever He wills. وَيَهْدِي مَنْ يَشَاءُ And He guides whomsoever He wills. A question is being asked over here. That أَفَمَنْ زُيِّنَ لَهُ سُوءُ عَمَلِهِ فَرَآهُ حَسَنًا Then tell me, is one to whom the evil of his deed has been made attractive, and then the response to this is not mentioned because it is implied. And what is that? That is he like the one who is rightly guided? Are they the same? No. One person, his vision is distorted, his understanding is distorted, and the other, his understanding is sound. Are these people the same? No, they're not. One sees good as evil, and the other sees good as good. One sees evil as good, and the other sees evil as evil. Wrong as wrong. They're completely two different people. One is guided, and the other is misguided. Who is guided? The one who sees good as good. The one who sees evil as evil. And who is misguided? The one who sees good as evil, and evil as good. Allah is the one who lets people go astray. And He is the one who guides others. Meaning guidance and misguidance is in the hands of who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And He gives it to people depending on who they are. 
and what they desire and what they are striving towards. So if a person really wants guidance, if a person wants guidance, then Allah will give him guidance. And if a person doesn't want guidance, then Allah will not force it upon him. Each person is given what he desires, what he's striving towards. So for example, if a person wants to protect their faith, right? wants to protect their faith, strengthen it, protect it against the attacks of shaitan, seeds of doubt, and they for example, they strive and they equip themselves with knowledge, then this is an effort, this is a step they're taking to protect themselves, this is a step they're taking to increase in guidance. And Allah will guide such people. فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ يُضِلُّ مَنْ يَشَاءُ وَيَهْدِي مَنْ يَشَاءُ فَلَا so do not. Now the Prophet ﷺ is being addressed. That فَلَا تَذْهَبْ نَفْسُكَ فَلَا so not تَذْهَبْ It should go. What should not go? نَفْسُكَ Your soul. Do not let your soul go. Go as in depart, as in die, as in suffer, as in perish. Don't let your soul perish. Alayhim over them. Over who? Over those who strive in misguidance. Over those who view evil as good and good as evil. So do not let yourself perish over these people in hasaratin, in regrets. Hasarat is the plural of hasra. And what is hasra? Extreme sadness, regret. The Prophet ﷺ is being addressed over here. That there is no need for you to regret over such people. You do not need to be so sad for them. Because the Prophet ﷺ, he would grieve. He would be very, very sad over the misguidance of people. Allah says in Surah Al-An'am, Ayah 33, We know that what these people say, it makes you sad. Their disbelief, it makes you sad. And over here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala advises His Messenger that you don't need to be so sad for these people. They don't deserve your pity. Why? Because if they don't care about themselves... Then why should you care about them? Inna Allah alimum bima yasnaun. Indeed, Allah is knowing of whatever they do. Their actions are not hidden from Him. We see that when Shaytan wants a person to do something wrong, what does he do? He makes that wrong attractive and beautiful. And when a person sees wrong as good, then can he be rightly guided? No. There is no doubt that he has gone astray. I mean, something is so harmful, so dangerous, yet a person likes it. You know, for example, if a person is taking drugs, right? they know that it's destroying their body. They know that if they're caught, you know, it's a crime, for instance. But they keep doing it, they keep doing it. They go deeper and deeper into it. Why? Because they see bad as good. And such a person... I mean, we all have heard stories of how families are trying to rescue such people out of the danger that they've put themselves in. But is it of any help? No. It's not of any help. Because unless and until a person sees wrong as wrong, they will not leave it. It's essential to recognize wrong as wrong. Only then can a person leave it. And it's essential that a person recognizes good as good, because only then can a person do it. What are some deeds that are wrong, but we might think they are good? They're beautiful. 
And so they're attractive. And so we're tempted to do them even a little bit. Hmm? Okay. Like for example, practicing an innovation. Something that is not from the sunnah. Something that is not based on the Qur'an and sunnah at all, but it appears to be very good. So a person thinks, oh, it's good to do it. And they do it. They don't see any problem with it. Any other thing? Yes. Yes. Pursuing desires. Not every desire is wrong, but pursuing them, for example, excessively. Right? For instance, sleep. Right? Oh, but it's my bed is so comfy. It's... I can't get out of it. Five more minutes. Just ten more minutes. Just three more minutes. Any other thing? Yes? Okay. Procrastination. What else? Yes? Lying? Yeah? Backbiting. Backbiting. Honestly. We're gossiping. We're talking about others. We're having so much fun. It's like we're venting and, and we're feeling so good. You know, we feel relieved that we finally managed to say something bad about the person whom we hate. But in reality, what have we done? We have destroyed ourselves. What else? Okay. Extravagance. When it comes to spending, you know, celebrating any occasion, extravagance, beyond need. Okay. Being extreme in many matters. Like for example, a person thinks, oh, I have to, you know, do this thing in religion and this is why I have to be very rude, you know, and tough with my parents. You know, that rudeness is being justified because of what? Because of teen. Yes. Having grudges. Okay. Yes. Eating whatever we want. Eating something just because it's available to us without even thinking about what it has and what harm it's going to cause to our bodies. This is what? Seeing bad as good. We're ignoring the ingredients and the harmful effects of that food and we're just admiring what? The taste, the flavor, the crunch, right? That is what we're admiring. In reality, it's worse than the packaging, right? The nutrition is worse than the packaging. If you ate the packaging, the paper box, it won't harm you as much as the food in the box would harm you. Seriously. That's how bad it is. But we think it's good and we have it without even thinking about the consequences. So the thing is that we need to accept things the way they are. And if we don't see evil as evil, we cannot leave it. And this is one of the tricks of shaitan. وَاللَّهُ الَّذِي And Allah is the one who أَرْسَلَ الرِّيَاحَ Who sends the winds. Plural of the word, rih. Allah is the one who sends the winds. فَتُثِيرُ so they stir. Tuthiru. Athara yuthiru. Thawawra. And what does it mean? To stir something up. To upturn it. It's basically used for the tilling of land in order to sow seeds in it. So what is done? That the mud that was at the bottom is now brought up. What was up is now taken to the bottom. So, fatuthiru. Then the winds they stir. Sahaban. Clouds. Meaning they pick up the clouds. They raise the clouds. They stir the clouds. The clouds are agitated. And what happens? فَسُقُنَاهُ Then we drive it. سِنِيَقَافْ To drive, to take something somewhere. So we drive the clouds إِلَى تُو بَلَدٍ A dead land. A dead 
ground. That is where the clouds are taken. What happens then? فَأَحْيَيْنَا So we gave life. Bihi with it. With what? With those clouds. الْأَرْضَ The earth بَعْدَ مَوْتِهَا After its lifelessness. The earth was dead. It didn't have any life. Meaning nothing grew on it. No life could survive on it. There were no plants, no animals, no insects, no birds. Nothing. It was dead. It was barren. But what happened with that rain? That was a result of the clouds that came. That came because of the wind that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent. That landscape completely changed. كَذَلِكَ nushur. Allah says, thus is the resurrection. What does nushur mean? Nushur, noon shinra, to come back to life. Restoration to life. Like when we wake up in the morning, what do we say? Alhamdulillahi الذي أَحْيَانَا بَعْدَمَا أَمَاتَنَا وَإِلَيْهِنْ Nushur. That Allah brought us back to life after we were dead. Because sleep is the sister of death. Right? And وَإِلَيْهِنْ nushur To Him is the return, meaning resurrection. That when we will die, Allah will resurrect us again. When? On the day of judgment. So this ayah, what is it proving? The reality of afterlife. Because إِنَّ وَعْدَ اللَّهِ The promise of Allah is true. But living in this world, we forget about this promise. We are deceived by this world. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving us proofs of resurrection over here so that we have yaqeen. So that we don't get trapped by shaitan. Let's listen to the recitation of these verses. إِنَّ الشَّيْطَانَ لَكُمْ عَدُوًّا إِنَّمَا يَدْعُوا حِزْبَهُ لِيَكُونُوا مِنْ أَصْحَابِ السَّعِيرِ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا لَهُمْ عَذَابٌ شَدِيدٌ وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ لَهُمْ مَغْفِرَةٌ وَأَجْرٌ كَبِيرٌ أَفَمَنْ زُيِّنَ لَهُ سُوءُ عَمَلِهِ فَرَآهُ حَسَنًا فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ يُضِلُّ مَنْ يَشَاءُ وَيَهْدِي مَنْ يَشَاءُ فَلَا تَذْهَبْ نَفْسُكَ عَلَيْهِمْ حَسَرَاتٍ إِنَّ اللَّهَ عَلِيمٌ بِمَا يَصْنَعُونَ وَاللَّهُ الَّذِي أَرْسَلَ الرِّيَاحَ فَتُثِيرُ سَحَابًا فَسُقْنَاهُ إِلَى بَلَدٍ مَيِّتٍ فَأَحْيَيْنَا فَأَحْيَيْنَا بِهِ الْأَرْضَ بَعْدَ مَوْتِهَا كذلك النشور من كان يريد العزة فلله العزة جميعا إليه يصعد الكلم الطيب والعمل الصالح يرفعه والذين يمكرون السيئات لهم عذاب شديد وَمَكْرُ أُولَٰئِكَ هُوَ يَبُونَ